everyone. I'm Rachel here with Ari, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer podcast. This week, we're on episode 188, and we're joined by a guest as we ask, how do you launch a successful series? Before we dive into the topic, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening if you haven't already. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and feel free to write a review. Now, please help us welcome back to the show, author Helen Shira. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me again. I'm thrilled to be talking to you guys again. I remember having a lot of fun last time. So yeah, excited to be here. Oh, thank you. We did too. It was, it was a good episode. Before we go further, would you like to tell everyone why launching a successful series is a topic you wanted to discuss? Yeah, sure. So um, the last time I talked to you guys, we were talking about my debut nonfiction book, How to Write a Successful Series. And pretty much since then, the sort of natural step was to explore what you do after you write the successful series. Um, And I got a lot of follow up questions to that book. You know, how do you launch? How do you market once you've done the writing? Um, So it just seemed a natural step to write the next book about launching Um, and it's also something I'm like quite passionate and nerdy about really because I love strategies I love plans and I love seeing all the pieces come together and how they can set us up for long-term success so launching is pretty much a big part of that and a big part of how I you know Um, put together my career in terms of my series so I just thought it would be a good topic to write about and also to talk about with you guys. Well we certainly love plants too so I'm eager to discuss this with you as somebody who's in the middle of writing a series this is good information for me to know I don't care about the rest of our audience I want to know the information (laughs) so but actually before we start with how to launch a successful series, I do have to ask, how is launching a series different from launching a standalone book? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, there is some crossover, obviously. You can take a lot of strategies you use from a launch of a standalone to a series and vice versa. Um, But for me, launching a series gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of what you can do with promotion. Um, You can do a lot of price pulsing. You can breathe new life back into the series by, you know, you're launching book uh, four, for example, but in doing so you're giving exposure to the whole series. So what you're doing is actually breathing new life back into the start of the sales funnel. Um, I think it's easier to capture hot leads at the end of each book and therefore, you know, ramp up the excitement for the next book. Um, I really enjoy pre-order chaining. So when you have, you release one book and then at the back of that book, you have the pre-order link for the next book. Um, I think there's just a lot of different things you can do when you're launching a series. And also, I suppose what I find really fun and interesting and also a bit refreshing as an author who's now releasing more books than I was previously is that when you're launching a series you don't have to have a massive launch per book I think a series gives you a bit more flexibility in terms of how much energy how much money how much you know stress you expend on each individual launch in the series Um, so you could do for example a hard launch for book one a softer launch for book two and three and then another hard launch for book four Um, and you know for some of us that can cross over the the course of a year and maybe you don't want to be doing hard for every book and I suppose you could do that with with standalones I think it's a little bit harder because with a standalone each time you're launching a book you're potentially having to launch it to a an audience from scratch, whereas books two, three and onwards in a series, your audience is there from book one. So you've already got that sort of warm readership ready to go, if that makes sense. No, that does make a lot of sense uh, because we had a podcast episode a little bit ago. I can't remember which episode it was where we talked about the longevity of your book. And it actually makes a lot of sense that if you have a, if you publish a series that you don't need to do as heavy marketing for each individual book, because in a way they kind of help market each other. Obviously Mm -hmm. if book three is coming out and somebody read book one, but they see book three and they're like, oh shoot, I didn't know book two was out. They're going to go pick up book two, most likely, hopefully, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, with standalone books, 
I guess it also depends on how often you churn out the books as well. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're one of those people that can self-publish a book like once every six months or, you know, just even just one a year, if it's standalone, if it's a series, like they all come in their own little groups of marketing, which was another podcast episode we did. When does the marketing end? It doesn't. Yeah, exactly. And but I mean, you touched on something good there with like, say, if you're rapid releasing a standalone every every month, like that's almost in a similar sort of vein to series anyway, because you've like, you're still in the the algorithms each time you're launching. So that's, that's a whole different kettle of fish. Like I suppose for me, when I'm talking about launching a series, I don't rapid release. Um, I mean, I rapid release for me, which is hopefully about once a quarter. Um, and that's as fast as I can go at least at the moment. Um, and so that's a very different style of marketing to say if you were rapid releasing in the sort of more the the sense that we generally sort of think about it, which is, you know, every couple of weeks, every month or so. Um, so, yeah, I suppose this is a very long winded answer to your question is it kind of depends on each individual author on their release schedule, on their strengths. And then I guess then how you approach um, the marketing for a series versus a standalone. But I would definitely say that series lends a lot more flexibility in terms of what you can do with prices and promotional opportunities and things like that. I suppose as well, if you're writing a series and, and, and publishing a series, that is, I don't like using the word easy, <laughs> easier, but because like you've already built the world, you've already built the characters. So creating the second book, the third book, the fourth book is somewhat easier because you've already got a lot of the foundation down. So having a rap more rapid release or even like, as you said, I think the traditional publishing is still one book a year or one book every two years. So mm -hmm. anything, you know, whether it's one book a year or one book every six months, one book every quarter, that's still quite fast compared to traditional publishing. Whereas if you were writing a standalone book every quarter, that must be a lot more difficult because you're having to put so much effort in to one, like the whole world building, the characters, and then the next book comes out and it's a, again, full, full immersion into a different world, a different set of things. So hmm, I'm really glad I write yeah. series and I don't write. <laughs> no matter how many times I've tried to write a standalone, it always blooms into multiple books because I can't keep the story contained. Yeah, I, I've released a standalone fantasy romance this year and I couldn't help but make it act as a prequel to an existing series. So even though it's a standalone, it can be read as a standalone, it's still an entry point into a main series. So I couldn't help myself. But that's a good way to do it, though, because it's still it's like somebody can pick that up without feeling the need to go through the rest of the series if they didn't want to. Mm -hmm. And that's the book that's tied to other authors' books as well, isn't it? It's the it's the series that's connected to um, yeah, that's authors. Yeah, we're talking about slaying the shadow prince, which is um, part of a multi-author series called Mortal Enemies to Monster Lovers. But when when you say it's linked to other authors, the only thing that really ties it to the other authors' work is the theme. So the theme is enemies to lovers with a monster twist. Um, but each author in that series wrote their book in their particular world. And for that reason, to act as an entry point to leverage the audience of the other authors in the series, but to then put the readers into their own sales funnel. Just talking back to what we were saying about how um, it's easier with a, a series because you can have your hard launch with your first book and more of a soft launch with the following books. Do you recommend having multiple books in a series completed before launching that first book? Or do you think it's absolutely fine just to write the first book and have everything else in the series maybe brainstormed but not written or drafted at all? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I suppose first I would want to say, like, I'm not saying it's easier to, to launch a series or it's easier to do one thing or another because we're all so different. And the more nonfiction I write and the more authors I connect with, the more podcasts I listen to, like there's just not one way that's better for a particular, per like for a blanket audience. So I will just say that. But in terms of um, 
having multiple books in the series completed before launching the first one. This is one of those like it depends sort of questions or answers because for me personally, I I prefer to be a bit further ahead in production before launching that first one just so I have the flexibility if I want content-wise to weave things back into that first book to set things up, narrative, character, whatever, in the later books. And often you don't have those realisations until you're a little bit deeper into the series. Um, but in saying that, I I usually have the next book drafted before I launch the current book. And that's just the sort of peace of mind I like to have being a little bit ahead. I don't work well being down to the wire, that sort of thing. But then you've got the flip side where if you want to get further ahead um, and you write four books in the series before you launch the first book, but then that first book flops, then you've written three more books in that series that then a, like their success depends on the success of that first book. And so that is then an issue. Then you've wasted potentially however long you've wasted writing these books that then aren't going to sell. Um, so I think it really depends on your strengths, how you work under pressure, how you prefer to to work in terms of your writing and are you going to be stressed having a book out that's in print that you can't really change too much content-wise as you then learn things further down the line in the series? Or, like, so does that bother you or does it bother you, bother you more to think, well, I could write four books and then it flops and then and then I have to reassess the whole situation um so it really depends how you like to how you like to work um and I guess how much risk you want to take that sort of thing um for me like I've had a couple of lessons learned in that regard like my second series didn't do as well as my first series and I hadn't anticipated that um I I think I had I'd written the first book that was all ready to go, edited, formatted, all that. I'd drafted the second book and I'd outlined the third book. And it wasn't really until, I suppose, the launch of the second book that I sort of realised it. What the the projected success that I had for it wasn't, you know, as strong as I would have liked. I'm not sure if I could have changed anything at that point anyway. But it is just something to think about if you're thinking about stockpiling books. Um, but I mean, you might write so fast that it doesn't matter. Maybe you do stockpile five books, rapid release them. And by the time you know, if they're going to be successful or not, you've written two more and it doesn't matter. Like everybody's just so different. It's hard to, um, to give like a, a suggestion that would work for everybody in that respect. Yeah, that's actually strange. I, I never considered that, that one of the reasons you might not want to write the books in the series completely is that if they flop it might be wow I've spent however many however much time writing that I think mainly because the number of times where I've been writing a writing a manuscript and then I've got like two manuscripts in and then I'm thinking oh I've got some really good ideas for the next and it's like oh we'll, and, and they're always coming they always come after I mean, I think I'm on like draft seven of one of my manuscripts and I just got a change today while at the gym. And it's like, oh, gosh, now I'm going to have to go and just thread that in. And I think if I'd have released that one and then started on book two and three and then thought, oh, it's it's such a mess. And I can see that happening with the later books, too. But at the yeah. same time, as you said, would you want to spend X amount of hours, weeks, months writing several books release the first one and then it just like tanks and then you think yeah do I spend the money putting the other four out or the other three out or do I just cut my losses and go start on something else yeah and I'm glad you mentioned money as well because like that is the major factor for for me when I was doing my second series yeah I drafted the second one but I'd already had the cover commission I booked in the editor um you know there's a lot of costs that you have to pay up front in order to produce a book. So even though the book's not out yet, you might have paid for covers, editing, whatever. Um, and so that's a lot of money to then, you know, you get halfway into the series and realise that you've 
forked out X amount of money and it's not going to earn out, that's that's another thing to consider as well. Yeah, really. It's like one big domino effect. It doesn't matter what you do or you don't do. It's just all going to snowball. And if you plan in advance, if it's successful, great. If it doesn't, well, then what do you do? But if you don't plan in advance, it's it's easy to create plot holes for yourself and get yourself stuck. And then you have to write yourself out of them in future books. Yeah, exactly. Sounds annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, with that said, regardless of whether you have a group of books ready to go or you decide to write them one or two at a time, what are some of the difficulties that you can encounter when launching a series? <laughs> there's there's a lot um I've I've realized that every time I've launched a book in the last say two years or so something has gone wrong where it, you know if if Amazon hasn't linked editions if they're not selling the paperback for whatever reason um like there's just launching in general there's so much that can go wrong and I just sort of have come to the realization that something will go wrong on the day and you've just got to deal with it, unfortunately. But I think in terms of a, you know, broader launching a series, I think, you know, some of the challenges can be facing the pressure to do well. And as as we've just talked about, you know, if you've stockpiled, if you've put money into things, like you you need the the series to do well to earn out what you've put into it. So that's quite a lot of pressure to to put on yourself and to put on a launch because to a certain extent there you know there's a lot of like luck and timing and all that sort of stuff involved as well um I think also maintaining momentum across the launch of the series so you know where it might be you as the author you have fatigue you know three books in you're kind of like okay I'd like this to be done now or if it's maintaining the momentum of sales the marketing in between releases um that sort of thing like like we sort of touched on already, like everybody's going to face different hurdles depending on their strengths, their weaknesses, how they planned their launches. Like maybe it's their first series launch and they're still in the, the trial and error phase working out what works for them and what doesn't. Um, for me, I think what I've found quite tricky is I'm often far ahead in production. So, for example, right now, the current series that I have out I've only got one book out in that series. The next book is due to come out in like just over a month. I've just sent book three to my beta readers and next week I'm due to start outlining book four. And that's all with just one book out. So I'm really still supposed to be promoting book one. I'm gearing up for the launch of book two, but I'm so far into the series itself. I find that like quite disconnecting. So I'm meant to be ramping up everything for book two's launch, but I'm my head is in book four. And so I'm trying to remember what happens in book two. I'm trying to, you know, get excited and blah, blah, blah. But mentally, I'm two books ahead of that. And that, for me, I find very, um, like, disconnecting, especially when I'm trying to talk to readers. I'm trying to engage with my street team and I'm also trying to remember what's in the book so I don't spoil it and I don't like which book am I working on. I don't want to say something that happens in book four in a moment of like confusion. So that that's something I find um, a little bit challenging, particularly with launches, is I'm supposed to be in hype mode for book two. What's book two about? Because I'm, I'm too far down the line, if that makes sense. Um, and also I think... I'm I'm in this stage where I'm constantly waiting for things to go wrong <laughs> because the success for book two depends on the success of book one and the success of book three depends on two and one. And so I'm I'm constantly thinking about that sort of pressure and have I done things right, second guessing things. So, I mean, that's my personal experience, particularly at the moment, because like today it's all fresh in my mind I'm supposed to be dealing with my street team my art campaigns all that sort of stuff after I get off the the phone to you guys so that's all quite fresh in my mind um but yeah I think that's that's for me but everybody will find something different that they find challenging um so yeah another one of those it depends <laughs> well do you find that you've had different um challenges and difficulties 
with this series as opposed to your other series? Like, yeah, does it definitely. Just, definitely. It just changes think, with each thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm. It's a weird one because each series that I've launched so far has been has had an incredibly different release strategy. So I talk about this in the new nonfiction book, How to Launch a Successful Series. I do three case studies, so a case study for each one of the series that I've released. Um, the Oromir Chronicles, which was my first series, um, was very different because A, super different time in publishing, um, but B, I only released one book a year and I launched them at 99 cents for a short period of time. Each book was 99 cents for that, you know, initial burst. I live launched them. So there was no pre-order. Um, it was you hit publish and it's out. Um, with Curse of the Siren Queen, which is my second series, I sort of reflected on that. And I I was at a stage where I was writing, I was writing full time. So I was releasing two books a year then. And I wanted to utilize pre-order chaining. So you know, at the back of the first book, I have the link to the second book. And then when the second book comes out, I have the link to the third book at the back of that and so forth. Um, and also I'd, I'd started to learn a lot more about my process and what stressed me out and what didn't. And the live launching thing is stressful because you can't schedule things in advance. Um, you need to hit publish and then tell everybody, whereas I much prefer to be able to schedule, to be able to plan, to be able to send links to people in advance so I know when posts are going live and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I also, for Curse of Siren Queen, didn't um, have a discount launch. It was launched at full price. Um, and then for Legends of Thesma, which is the the series, the current series that I'm on, it was all very different again. So. Each series definitely had its own challenges. Um, with Oromir Chronicles, because I was releasing one a year, I had the issue of writing, publishing, and then realising, oh, I wish I had have put this in the book to then link to this thing. Um, particularly with the third book in that series, there was I had to wade through a big plot hole that I hadn't foreseen, which was really frustrating. Um, with Curse of the Siren Queen, the issue was that I had anticipated it doing much better than it actually did. And I had committed from the start to a four book series. So I had to come to terms with that. Um, and with Blood and Steel, which is the first book in the Legends of Thesma, I had tried to uh, assess my production costs and streamline a lot of things. So there were changes with that um, with that series like I changed editors I changed cover designers and so there were a lot of like teething problems that I hadn't foreseen that luckily I'd put buffer time in in case things went wrong but I still found it really stressful that things weren't going <laughs> as smoothly as I had anticipated so those are some of like each series had a different problem um in terms of the launching and worrying about timelines and all that sort of stuff. But, and, and I anticipate that will happen with every series. There's always going to be a new learning curve, maybe a new uh, platform to learn. Um, I also find that every time I launch a book, doesn't matter how close together they're launching, something has changed with Amazon. And I have to ask, oh, there's this new field here. There's this new checkbox or Ingram has introduced something else. And so with each launch, there is a learning curve regardless of how well everything's going. Just going back actually to what you said when you were talking about how with your series and you're you know you're working on book three, book two was coming out, book one is out and you're trying to make sure that you're in the right headspace when you're talking about each <laughs> one so you don't yeah. reveal something. That is something, again, I had never considered and I suppose it must be even harder because like, when you when you bring out your first series, it's your first series. So you only have to worry about that set of books. And then obviously the second series, you've got that set and the original set of books. And then now you've got three series. And as much as obviously you're going to have to give uh, your, your priority to the new one coming out, there is still that kind of, you know, reminding people of the other two series that you've got out. That's a lot to chuckle. Yeah. And that's actually making fucking anxiety. Like, <laughs> by proxy is what I'm feeling right now just thinking about that so with that 
how can you streamline a process for launching a series so that you can stay on top of everything? Because there's so many moving parts and that's not just the, you know, writing, um, editing, pressing the button, publishing, and that. there's so many extra things. So yeah, yeah, we need some streamline ideas, please. <laughs> um, so I suppose over the course of the last six, seven years that I've been doing this, like I think I've been, I've been full-time for nearly six years and I've been publishing for nearly seven or so. Um, I might've got that wrong, but there's a lot of lessons that have, that I've learned throughout that period of time. And especially as the launches have changed from once a year to twice a year to now four times a year, like I've built that up very slowly over the course of the years. Um, but one thing that I kept coming back to was the launch of the Oromia Chronicles was quite successful. And every time I have a successful launch, I analyze it and I pick and choose what worked, what didn't work. And I bring that across to the next launch, do the same again. And so over the course of the three series launches, I've created a blueprint Um which is all the core things that I do for every single launch. Doesn't matter if I'm going really hard at the launch and spending a lot of money on, you know, tours and ads and all that sort of stuff, or if it's a softer launch, um, there is a certain amount of things that I do for every single launch. And that's an arc campaign. I now do street teams. Um, I, I have like a set list of social media posts that, I do for every single launch. So, you know, a, a cover reveal, um, a countdown, one month, three weeks, two weeks, one sleep, launch day. I do a similar thing with all my newsletters. Um, so I've, I've sort of built this system that, okay, I'm launching a new book and I open up the blueprint, copy it into a new spreadsheet and go, okay, how, how am I going to stagger all this stuff? What do I need to fill out? What maybe do I cut from this particular launch? Maybe because it's a book three rather than a book one, it's not as relevant. Um, and so having that blueprint has really helped alleviate a lot of the decision fatigue when it comes to that huge overwhelm of where do I even start? Um, and then sort of slotted in with that is my general marketing. So I'm not as good as it as, as I would like to be, but for, for example, social media and newsletter marketing, I try and have, you know, once a once a fortnight or, or once a month or whatever it is, I promote a backlist title as well. So, you know, are you waiting for the next book in my current series? Why don't you fill the void with the first book in this other series? And also it works because all of my books have breadcrumbs for each of them they're set in the same universe. So, and they're all written in, even though my first two series are YA and my current stuff is adult, um, they're written in a very similar tone and it's my voice. And I think you can quite easily go from one to the other and it not be jarring. Um, so I try to incorporate marketing for those series starters. It's usually the series starters from my previous work into the I suppose content cycle of marketing that I've got going on in general um but yeah I, I use a combination of that blueprint that I, I bring across to every launch and also what I've found has been really helpful is understanding my own production and how I work so I know for example that it takes me two weeks to outline a book it takes me four weeks to write a first draft. It takes me two more weeks after that to do a structural edit. Then it goes to my beta readers. Once I have my beta reader feedback, I can take two more weeks to incorporate their feedback. And then I'll do like a read through and then it goes to the copy editor. So all up, that's I think roughly 10 working weeks it takes from start to finish until I'm handing it off to somebody else. Um, it's not 10 weeks um, you know, straight from start to finish, it goes off to people in between and I'm doing other things. But um, you guys can see behind me, I've got a massive calendar on my wall. And what helps me is plotting out the two weeks for outlining, the four weeks for writing, the two weeks for editing, another two weeks for editing. And I can sort of see roughly when I've plotted that out, where I should be launching what. 
and how feasible it is to set up a particular release schedule throughout the year. And that's something that's relatively new to me. I've only really done this exercise for the last year or so, and it has been massively helpful in being able to plot launches on the calendar and understand how I'll be able to bring all the stuff together into launching a particular series. Um, so, yeah, I think um, I, I also like buffer in a lot of time. So as you guys know, I've just recently had two weeks off being sick and I was able to do that because I was very begrudgingly doing that, but I was able to do that because I had allowed for time in case things had gone wrong, for instance. Um, so that's really important as well. I'm not sure if that answers your question, but that's what I do. <laughs> no, it does. It does. I have to say when you came on and your video kicked in and then we saw all the calendars and the things on the wall, it was very intimidating. It's like, oh, <laughs> this is how you've managed to write all those series is. It's like, that is, there's so much color and light, you know, everything's blocked out. It's it's very organized. It's very I love cool. the color. <laughs> love the color coding. <laughs> Yeah, the, I think it's a different colour for, for each book and then a different colour for launch days and a different colour for marketing weeks and, and that sort of thing. But I my brain needs that. If I didn't have that on the wall, I would find life very difficult, I think. Um, but there's some people who would look at that and go, oh, my God, all my creativity is just, like, zapped because that's too rigid, whereas I really thrive off, like, the the routine and the structure and all that sort of nerdy stuff. <laughs> No, see, that's something that I need because your calendar looks very satisfying to me. <laughs> well, that's that's this year's one. I only just hung up next uh, next year's oh, one, gosh. sorry, and it's blank. And that, no, see, that that's looks exciting. Me out. <laughs> no, but like new things are coming. Yeah, they're not exactly. there yet, but they're coming. That's great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Wow. You really, you really found your rhythm and you rolled with it. That's fantastic. Good for you. Yeah. My gosh. Thanks. Yeah. And I, I would say like, that is probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned is finding what works for you because this won't work for everybody. Um, and some people might actually find it like detrimental, but for me, that has definitely allowed me. And I think you can, you can see it in how I've increased production from 2017 when my first book launched to what are we in 2023 now I had one book in 2017 and I've got four books in 2023 and it's through learning how long it takes me to do certain things it's been through learning not just how long it takes but what is the best environment for me like I know like if if you're into Clifton Strengths I'm number one focus so any distractions that's that's bad for me but also I can't do multiple like projects at once which I've tried to do in the past um it, it's even even so like like um rigid as when I'm drafting that's all I'm doing I'm not you know doing marketing here or there like obviously there's the odd task that you can't not do but if I'm drafting that is the solid focus and that's how I know it takes me four weeks it takes me four solid weeks to write whether it's 90k 100 whatever k I know that's how long it takes me because that's all I'm doing um so I've learned that over the the last year or so and really tried to optimize where I do things well and and how how I can improve See, that's my issue is that I do work on multiple projects at once because I have so many ideas and I start on one thing and then I get an idea for another. And then I'm like, well, this sounds more exciting than this thing that I started two weeks ago. So let's move on to this next thing. And then it snowballs and it's awful. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad that you have it down pat for yourself. Yeah, I mean, there's always there's always more to learn. So, I mean, I might yeah. talk to you guys next year and be like, guess what? I've learned that I'm doing things totally wrong. And if I do it this way, I can write eight books. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> you never know. You never know. But yeah. with that said, once you have like all of your production and you you have that figured out, what are some marketing tips you would recommend for launching a series? Yeah, so this this has been a massive lesson I've learned uh, in the last year or two um, is that a lot of the marketing stuff happens before you even write the book. Um, and that is through, you know, 
your market research, understanding your comp titles, understanding the reader expectations in your genre, and then baking those into the book itself and baking it into the series. Like how you structure the series depends on what the reader expectations are in that particular genre. Um, so understanding all that stuff and putting it into the book itself then makes marketing so much easier down the line. So that is something I didn't do with my first series at all. And luckily that series did well anyway. But looking back, that was quite lucky. I read a lot in that genre naturally. And I think a lot of us um, sort of think, well, I, I've read, you know, 100 books in YA fantasy or whatever the genre is. So I, I just know. But it, it there's a lot more sort of interrogation, I think, that needs to happen if you're wanting to make the marketing easier, if you're not, like, I suppose we're talking from a, a point of view, like you want to make money off your books, you want a career, you want long-term success, because some people might just want to write the book of their heart and that's completely valid and that's something different to what I'm currently talking about, I think. Um, in terms of marketing, I think understanding the the genre, the reader expectations, all that stuff, and baking it into the book with intention, then that's your starting point because then when it gets to your launch strategy and you know what tropes to highlight, you know which influences like your comp titles, so maybe they're influences that you then target to, you know, give your book to, um, you, you understand the space a lot more, you have a list of comp titles that you've read, you've understood, you know how they link to your book and therefore you can target them with advertising. You can see who's reviewing those titles and do they want to review your title. And a lot of that stuff happens, you know, before you're doing the launch planning. You need that information before, I think. So with my first series, I didn't do a lot of that groundwork. With my second series, I thought I had. With my third series, I took it to a whole new level and the success of the current series compared to the previous series, you can see that market research and that groundwork in play. And also from a from the perspective of someone who does their own social media posts, who does their own advertising, who does their own newsletter marketing, all that stuff, having all that, like I've got a spreadsheet with all this information and being able to just pull it straight away I'm not having to look at my book and go oh, okay what trope did I use or what was the you know archetype of this hero or heroine blah 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 you know all that stuff and so it's easier to make TikToks it's easier to make um, social media posts and it's also easier just to talk about your book so I can I can talk about Legends of Thesma far more easily than I can talk about the Oromir Chronicles because I have a much better understanding about what I was trying to do, about the tropes, about what readers are looking for in that space. Um, and that's not to say the Oromir Chronicles didn't do well. It did really well. But in terms of the ease in which I find marketing the current stuff as opposed to the earlier work, it's, it's leagues apart. It's so much easier to talk about books when you've done that research originally. Um, so yeah, it's, <laughs> that's sort of like the, the groundwork marketing for launching a series, which, you know, maybe that seems really obvious to people, but it took me three series to, to really understand how powerful that was. But then in terms of, you know, marketing tips for launching a series that are like more, I suppose, immediate when you've got your series ready to go, I think you really can't underestimate the power of an an ARC campaign and a what street teams can do for you. So an ARC campaign is, you know, an early reviewer campaign. You send out copies and you get early reviews. And hopefully by the time the book launches, you've got a couple of reviews on Amazon to give you that social proof. You've generated some buzz in the reader community, that sort of stuff. Um, street team is one I'm really passionate about as well, because I'd completely forgotten that I'd had a street team for the Oromi Chronicles but I had a street team. Someone reminded me, they're like, I think I was in your street team. Um, and I, I had this flashback to having a Facebook group where I did things like a cover reveal or, um, you know, sharing quotes and things. But it was very low effort. Not much happened with it. Um, 
and then it was, you know, not a big enough deal that I actually remembered five years later that I'd actually used it. So then when The Legends of Thesma, I was prepping for the launch of that series, I talked to a couple of other authors and a lot of people were utilising street teams. So I decided to create one and that has been an incredibly powerful tool. Um, I basically invite people to apply through a, a Google form and I, I vet who who gets in and who doesn't because sometimes people are just looking for a free book. Um, but once I've got the list, I've got a Discord server that has all different channels and stuff in it and everybody gets a digital arc. Um, there's challenges each week. So, you know, share a quote from the book, create a TikTok, create a reel, that sort of thing. And it really helps generate buzz in the lead up to the launch. And um, also I found it's really good for sort of like live market research. You can see what people are reacting to in the book and that's helped shape the books afterwards, which has been really cool. Um, but yeah, I suppose in terms of practical tips, um, an ARC campaign and a street team is a really powerful way to elevate a, a launch of a book in a series. I never actually really thought about doing the market research prior to writing the book. And I know that sounds backwards. I've always like thought you have the idea, you write it, and then you figure out, well, who is the correct audience for this? And I know like yeah, you should figure out your audience before you write it. But if it's something you're passionate about and you want to write it, go ahead and write it. But I never really, the way you just explained all of that, I don't really know what to say because you just <laughs> explained it and you just said stuff that I never even thought of. Like I would never even think of. And I actually really love that you have a Discord server and you give your street team challenges every week like that's so cool and it's true that it is live market research and it's catered just for you mm -hmm. yeah i think that's exactly. really well i mean it's taking me three series to get to that point so but you did uh, get to that point i did <laughs> can i just ask because i have i've seen this on so many different things just for just for yourself how many ARC copies do you send out? Because I've seen people say, oh, yes, you send at least 50 to 100. And it's like, that's a lot of ARC copies. And especially if your book didn't do well to the point where it's like you might not even make 100 sales and you've just sort of given up. That seems quite a lot. But I mean, I might be wrong. It might be like, yeah, that's definitely 50 to 100 is the best amount. <laughs> I would love to know from someone who has done it, what is your figure that you would prefer to do for an art? Because it seems ex extreme to me. Yeah, so it's that's an interesting one. And I do, I talk about that in how to launch a successful series. Like every every author has a different number. There's no like, this is the correct number. Um, and I over the course of the three series I've done, it's changed. Um, so I think this is where I'm going to totally misquote myself. Um, but I think for Heart of Mist, I must have done about, 50. And I think it it depends on your goal. So is the goal to, to get as many eyeballs on this book as possible, to get as much exposure as possible? Is it to get the social proof of launching with, you know, 30 reviews on launch day? So when you do your email to everybody and they click on the book, they see, oh, it's already been reviewed by 30 people and it's got a four or five star average or whatever it is. Um, so I would, when you're thinking about how many arcs to send, think about what the goal is. And also generally I sort of think, you know, because the, the worry is if I send 50 arcs, how many of those people would have bought the book? How many sales am I missing out on? I think that's generally the, the concern, especially with newer authors. Um, but if you're a newer author, what is more important? Is it getting the readership hooked getting that exposure or is it making however many dollars you're going to make off 20 sales or, or whatever. Um, it also depends. Is it the first book in a series? Is it the second, third? Cause I generally, I think the, the first book in the series, I cast the net wider. I still try and really target the reviewers. Like are they reviewing comp titles? Also, do they have the um, eligibility to review on Amazon? Because I'm in KU, so I want Amazon reviews for the most part. Um, so that's also quite important for me. Um, 
But yeah, so I have all these questions going in my head as as I'm working out how many arcs to send. But I would say for Heart of Mist, it was about 50 or so. I'm not even going to go back that far. The most recent one I, I did, so Blood and Steel, which is the first book in the Legends of Thesma, I sent, I think, over 100 digital arcs. And I sent, must be at this point, over 30 physical like uh, hardcovers or paperbacks, whatever. And that the the print books, that's a big investment financially to send that many copies. The digital arcs I'm less less fussed about because it's not um, I, it doesn't cost me anything to do that. And my thinking was, it's the first book in a new series, and for me also, it was the first book in a new subgenre. So it was um, fantasy, romantic fantasy slash fantasy romance, and it was adult. So it was a shift from my previous work, and so I wasn't sure that I was going to bring the readership across that I had built into that, and I'm sure I lost people along the way, which is fine. Um, but my thinking was that I wanted to put this new book, this new subgenre, this new venture out in front of as many people as possible and also gain that um, social proof upon release day to have X amount of reviews so that when I sent my newsletter to however many people and they clicked it and they saw, oh, it's, you know, quite highly rated and it's got this many reviews and it's only been out however long, that that's quite uh, encouraging, I think, to a reader. So, Again, like everybody's different. Um, I know of an author who tried to send out a thousand arcs. Um, I imagine most of that was digital, but still that seems like a lot to me. Um, but I think like I wasn't overly worried if I send a hundred, a hundred arcs, how many sales am I going to miss out on? Because I think one of the most powerful things in marketing is word of mouth. And so I might have sent a hundred arcs, but a hundred people then reviewed it or talked to other people about it. And I really saw the snowball effect. Um, and I think blood and steel within um, a couple of weeks had more reviews than a layer of bones, which was my previous series starter that had been out for nearly two years. So it did seem to be really powerful. I did see the snowball effect and it's my most successful book um, currently. So I think all of these moving parts together really helped elevate that launch. Um, and so I've just sort of said to myself, like, 100 arcs is, is a nice number. <laughs> um, but it depends on the book, depends on the author's goals. Um, I think 50 is very, you know, valid as well. Also, it depends on on your where you're at in your career. Maybe you're earlier on in your career and you don't have 50 people to send it to, and that's perfectly fine as well. A lot of this stuff is is a slow build. Um, so I'm uh, Blood and Steel, I think, was my 11th book um, or 10th book. I can't remember. Um, but that was a very different approach to what I had when I did my first book. Um, and the first book, there was a lot more um, groundwork involved creating a list of reviewers to begin with. I did like a lot of reverse engineering on comp titles to see and back then it was bloggers, like there was a lot of book blogs rather than Instagram, TikTok. And so I did a lot of searching, manual searching for who's reviewing, say, this comp title, putting their details in a spreadsheet. And by the end, I must have had 50 to 100 people contacted them. And out of those, maybe half of them then accepted an arc. And out of those, then a certain percentage actually reviewed. That's another thing. You can send 100, but you won't get 100 reviews there's always a certain percentage that um don't follow through which is to be expected um but yeah I'm sort of rambling now that's the general gist of it <laughs> that makes sense as you said like if it's the first book to kind of get it out there and then you probably don't need to do it as much with book two and book through it's like it's plus it's like with anything isn't it the first book in the series especially as you said if you're moving from one genre to another or a subgenre, it does make a difference to kind of cast out wider so yeah that does make a lot more sense okay that 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 helps to kind of okay, good. <laughs> fit it into my head so yeah I appreciate that thank you so much no worries that does help there's a lot to think about that I like never even thought there are some things that I knew but you just gave me a new perspective on it and then there are other things that you talked about that I just brand new to me so you know when I edit this episode I will be taking notes 
<laughs> oh, cool. Um, and I suppose I suppose the thing for me is that I I find it quite difficult to um, like because I I think it's my number one focus. I find it difficult to jump around and give you as much information as I want to give you. Um, and so in the nonfiction book, How to Launch a Successful Series, a lot of these topics have their own chapter, and I break down the the art, how many arcs I did for each book. I include you know the outreach template for the email that I sent potential reviewers um and I think it's it's a lot easier to to digest in the book than it is me trying to talk (laughs) I will certainly be making notes regardless this was awesome Helen it's really been great having you on the show again uh but before we go would you like to share a little something about yourself with our listeners yeah sure so um I suppose what I always forget to, to say this is that my fiction and nonfiction are under slightly different names. Um, so my fiction is under just Helen Scheurer and you can find all my fiction books, all the series that we've talked about, um, just Helen Scheurer on Amazon. Um, the series are The Oromir Chronicles, Curse of the Siren Queen, and most recently The Legends of Thesma. Um Whereas my nonfiction is under Helen B. Scheurer, just to differentiate slightly, to not mess up my also boughts too much, that sort of thing. Um, And my first book is How to Write a Successful Series, which you guys and I talked about last time I was on. And then the most recent one is How to Launch a Successful Series, which is coming up, um, which talks about everything that we've talked about today, probably in a lot more detail and hopefully a lot more (laughs) articulately. And then you can also find bonus downloads for authors at helenshore.com forward slash series launch bonus, which I'm sure you guys will will put somewhere. But yeah, that's that's about it, like as to where to find me and stuff. Um, I'm just currently working my way through more series and um, yeah, hoping to fill out my planner for next year, basically. Um, So yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on again. Thank you so much for talking to us. And it really was a great conversation. And everybody should go check out Helen's links. They will be in the description below if you would like to check out her work. In the meantime, we will turn it over to you guys. Do you have a novel series planned for launch? And if you do, go check out Helen's books because it'll help. Let us know your answers in the comments so we can chat. And remember, we release a new episode every Wednesday. Next week, we're discussing increasing your writing speed. To ensure you don't miss it, hit the subscribe button on your way out. As always, thanks for listening to the Merry Writer Podcast. We'll see you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Stuffed Bookshelves. Our TBR piles are huge. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.